Hi, this is M. Allen Cunningham. I'm an author, publisher, and teacher in Portland, Oregon, and you're in the Atelier. In the Atelier is a place for occasional thoughts on literature, writing, the life of the imagination. Come on in. I'm glad you're here. Today's installment, The Attempt is All. I don't write novels in hopes of scoring rave reviews. To do so would be self-defeating anyway, probably resulting in books that reeked of contrivance and dishonesty, books devoid of the necessary personal urgency that makes fiction resonant. Still, when my debut novel elicited a wave of praise, I felt buoyed, and by turns when my second novel evoked consternation for breaking certain rules, confusion for being dense and unconventional, or sheer impatience for not being a beach read, I found it hard to escape feeling downcast. On a conscious level, I knew better than to take such asinine critical complaints seriously. I didn't write the novel for reviewers, and I even suspected early on that they wouldn't get it. Like I've said, my reasons for making literary art were and are entirely personal. I share John Steinbeck's sentiments and write because, quote, I feel good when I am doing it, better than when I am not. I find joy in the texture and tone and rhythms of words and sentences, and when these happily combine in a thing that has texture and tone and emotion and design and architecture, there comes a fine feeling, a satisfaction like that which follows good and shared love. If there have been difficulties and failures overcome, these may even add to the satisfaction. Unquote. In other words, the work itself is always the best reward. And this also holds true for me when I think back to the glowing critical reception of my first book. I may have felt buoyed by the praise that novel received, but that was nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to the elation that came of creating the book's characters, discovering its story, painting its world, and wrestling with its themes. But, alas, it's all too easy to know when one's work is meeting with indifference or scorn. While not really caring who disliked my second book, why couldn't I shake off the critical reproach? I think it has something to do with our pervasive cultural attitudes about trial and error, about mistakes, about ventures and attempts. Attitudes about these things affect us all. In my school days, I was the painfully reticent kid in the back of the class who paid attention, behaved himself, made the honor roll every quarter, but I would never ever raise my hand or volunteer to speak in front of the other kids. When called upon, I would either turn catatonic or talk with a doubt-ridden quiver. Partly it was natural shyness that paralyzed me. Yet in school theater productions, I strutted the stage without fear, happily performing to packed auditoriums. What accounted for this contradictory nature? Well, it's simple. While acting in a play, I could rely on a script. I didn't have to venture my own thoughts or guesses. 
Speaking in class, however, I risked saying something silly or wrong. In class, I was vulnerable to failed attempts. And failed attempts are a shameful thing, or so we're led to believe. Moreover, we're encouraged to forget that failure is often an entirely subjective label, especially in matters of art. We're encouraged to covet and enshrine the seemingly flawless victories and try to avoid at all costs the indirect path, the dangerous attempt. Ours is a success or failure culture. In some ways, it always has been. Ralph Waldo Emerson observed back in 1841, quote, If our young men miscarry in their first enterprises, they lose all heart. If the young merchant fails, men say he is ruined. If the finest genius studies at one of our colleges and is not installed in an office within one year afterwards in the cities or suburbs of Boston or New York, it seems to his friends and to himself that he is right in being disheartened and in complaining the rest of his life. Unquote. We'll be right back. In the Atelier is an offshoot of the award-winning literary publishing house Atelier 26 Books, which brings you brilliantly unconventional novels, short story collections, poetry, and a bit of non-fiction from contemporary authors. Check out our titles and order any at a discount at atelier26books.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. And thanks for creating. Back to the episode. Success, early, gracefully, and infallibly achieved, is often the main idea. We learn this attitude early, answer right, ace the test, and advance to the top of the grade sheet. Take the direct path, stick to the tried and true, and excel. But wander, and you will fail to advance. Or fail, period. Absurd, of course. Human beings cannot learn without exploration, without making attempts. We ought to know this, even in youth. Yes, the cliché, nothing ventured, nothing gained, dances in our brains from an early age, but being a cliché, it fails to penetrate. And so throughout our lives we must teach and reteach ourselves that to fail or misstep often means, more truly, to meander, to explore, and exploration, especially for the creatively focused person, is valuable, not shameful. Personally, the realities of adulthood reteach me this lesson often, 
as does my writing process, which necessitates making attempts, engaging with missteps, transforming them, and building successes upon them. The longer I lead this literary life, the clearer it becomes to me. Reviews ought to have no effect on a novelist or other artist because the challenges and triumphs entailed in the process of creation will give the artist as much artistic agony or ecstasy as they could ever want. In a wonderful book entitled The Conversations, legendary film editor Walter Murch puts it beautifully. Quote, Truly great lessons can be learned from work that fails. But failure is stamped on the product, and there's a tendency to think everything you did was wrong, and you vow not to go there again. You have to resist this impulse, just as you have to resist the syrupy entanglements of success. These are almost religious issues. What the world thinks is success, what it rewards, has sometimes very little to do with the essential content of the work and how it relates to the author and their own development. Unquote. Like Emerson, Murch speaks here to our success or failure culture, but with different nuance. Because we tend not to credit the value even the necessity of the attempt, of the unprofitable or impractical venture, we often do not understand the real nature of success when we see it. In his wonderful book, Blue Highways, William Leastheat Moon notes, quote, The annals of scientific discovery are full of errors that opened new worlds. Bell was working on an apparatus to aid the deaf when he invented the telephone. Edison was tinkering with the telephone when he invented the phonograph. If a person can keep alert and imaginative, an error is a possibility, a chance at something new. To them, wandering and wondering are part of the same process, and the person is most mistaken, most in error, whenever they quit exploring. Unquote. Thomas Edison faced many a doomed venture, including a scheme to build houses of poured concrete all over America. I recently heard it said, though, that his outlook was always, I never fail, I just find out a thousand ways that something doesn't work. My poet Rilke puts it more boldly, quote, The point of life is to fail at greater and greater things. Unquote. I can't help feeling Rilke is right, Meditating upon the subject long enough, I begin to see that worthy attempts and not easy successes are, in fact, what life is all about. What a freeing thought. The writer Paul Zweig wrote, quote, Making our wish, we make ourselves. We exist in the time between the wish and its fulfillment. Unquote. Today I want to paraphrase Zweig this way. Making our attempt, we make ourselves. We exist in the time between the attempt and the attainment.
In the Atelier is produced by Atelier 26 Books. For more information, visit Atelier26Books.com. I'm M. Allen Cunningham. So long for now. Out of this wicked black and into bright sand Straight towards the warm sun and into it